Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a follower of Jesus? Seems like a, a rhetorical question almost, right? I mean, we, we go to church, we come on Wednesday nights, but I'm going to ask you one more time. Are you a follower of Jesus? It's a really, really broad question, but it's a really intense question and zeroes in on exactly what we're going to be looking at for the next while. You've heard about the series that we've been planning on doing. You've seen us wearing the bracelets. You've seen the t-shirts as I've been through the schools, and you know what we're looking forward to. And so we're looking tonight at a series, uh, starting a series called Not a Fan. And the whole premise, the whole, the whole thing really can be summarized into one question. Spoiler alert, you don't have to really be here the whole nine weeks to get it, but you will be because you're faithful followers of Jesus, hopefully, by the end of it. So, are you a follower of Jesus? To define that question, we look, you look, I can, I can really narrow you down into to, to two separate groups. On one group, you have most people here tonight, which is what I like to call, what, what the book points out is, 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 is the group that has the fish on the back of their car, but I'm going to narrow this down to a middle school level and say it's the, it's the person that has that fish on their locker, okay? So this person, most of the time, has, has grown up in church. They, they go to church on Wednesdays and Sundays. The question, are you a follower, is redundant. It's rhetorical. It's, it's unnecessary because they think they live the life of a follower of Jesus. And then on the other hand, you have somebody who, some of you might be in here tonight, that you're the kind of person that you, you don't know, you don't have a fish on your locker, but you know people that do. And so you kind of look at people and you're like, okay, well, that's cool for them. They go to church. I'm not offended by it. They, they might do that. That's fine. And I'm here tonight because a friend invited me. Uh, I don't really know a lot about it, but this is, I'm, I'm here. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not offended by it or anything like that. So you can really break you down into two separate groups. And the, really, the reason I point that out is because It really boils down to the question, are you a fan or are you a follower? And so most of us can be posed as as fans of Jesus. I'm going to to tell you a little bit of what I mean by that. And in order to understand what it means to be a follower of Christ or or to to define yourself as a follower of Christ, um, you, you have to look a little bit deeper and you have to define the relationship with Jesus. You have to have the DTR with Jesus. Anybody know what a DTR is? Anybody? No middle schooler knows what a DTR is? Huh? I will tell you. You're right. Anybody know what a DTR is? Nobody? Okay. (laughs) John and Dan learned what it was earlier, so they know what it is now. Um, It's okay. I'm glad you don't. That means that you're not focused on... uh, Girls and guys and things like that, right? You don't do that in middle school, right? You don't worry about the other opposite gender. 
DTR is a term that's used uh, in, in really, but when, you, when you have a young guy and, and you have a young lady and they begin to have uh, somewhat of a relationship, a dating relationship, it gets to a point at, where you have to define the relationship. That's what a DTR is. I already gave you it. You have to define the relationship, right? And a lot of times, guys, especially, and you'll, as you get older and you, you know, start dating, you'll understand this especially, it's a little bit of a weary term for, for guys because we have to sit there and, and, and a lot of times, ladies, and, and it's not always, but a lot of times ladies will be, you'll, you'll be in that, in that situation and a lady, ladies, you'll, be, you'll come to that situation and you'll just be like, so where are we? Are, are we in a relationship? Are we not? Are we talking? You guys do that, right? You know what I'm talking about. You get in a situation where you're like, are, are we dating? Are we not? Is this casual? Is it committed? What's going on here? That's called defining the relationship. Well, in order to look deep into this tonight, we're going to define our relationship with Christ. I'll give you an example of defining the relationship is uh, between my wife and I, my now wife, when we first started dating, we, we, we began a very intentional relationship from the beginning. We began talking about um, about each other, our families, our likes, dislikes from the beginning. So we kind of knew where it was headed anyways. But we came to a point where we had to define the relationship. And for my wife, that was a very easy thing. And for me, it's fairly easy. Um, but knowing the, the nature of my wife, it, it was a, a defining, and then a few months later, a redefining, and then a few months later, maybe an undefining, and then a redefining again, and on and on. And finally, I just got tired of it, so I married her. Um, and so you, can t- you have to define the relationship. Any serious, genuine relationship, okay, any serious, genuine relationship comes a point where you have to define the relationship. You have to, you have to sit down, you have to define, is this, where's this going? Is this casual? Is it committed? And that's what I want you to look at tonight with your relationship with Christ, okay? It's kind of cool that we're sitting like this because we're not as close together as we maybe normally would be. And I know Jacob Smithson's looking right at me. And so what we're doing tonight is, is I want you to kind of zero in on yourself real quick, okay? Zero in on yourself, and I want you to really think about your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus Christ, okay? And maybe you don't have one, and that's okay. We'll get to that in a minute. But I want you to zero in and define, start to think about what your relationship with, with God is, with Christ is. Is it casual or is it committed? Okay? And I'll tell you what it's not. It's not, your relationship with Christ is not defined with, by whether or not you go to church. Okay? Your relationship with Christ is not defined by how many uh, Bible studies that you've been to. Okay? Your relationship with Christ is not defined by uh, how many times you went to VBS growing up. Okay? Your relationship with Christ is, is not defined by how many times you can say Lord and Father and Jesus and, and all kinds of different synonyms of God in a prayer. Okay, your relationship with Jesus is not defined by the things that you typically tend to think that they're defined by. We typically tend to, uh, to, to analyze, to, to, to determine our relationship with Christ by whether or not we go to church, whether or not we read our Bible, which is a good thing, whether or not we do certain things, and we kind of make this a checklist, kind of make this a, a thing of routine, and we don't really zero in on the relationship of getting to know God. We know all about him. We know we have the knowledge. We went to VBS. We went to Bible schools. We went to all these different things. But do we really know? Do we really understand 
who Christ is. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Jesus is asking you right now in this room tonight whether you are a fan or a follower. Really think about it. And I'll tell you what a fan is. A fan is an enthusiastic admirer. I love how Kyle Ottoman in the book, Not a Fan, which, again, you guys should pick up and read as we're going through this series. I love how he phrases that a fan is an enthusiastic admirer. I'll give you an example, and it's in, it's in the book, and I'm just going to read this short little passage. A fan, it's the guy who goes to the football game with no shirt, painted his chest, he sits in the stands, he cheers for his team, he got a signed jersey hanging on his wall at home, and multiple bumper stickers on his car. But he's never in the game. He never breaks a sweat or takes a hard hit in an open field. He knows all about the players. He can rattle off all their stats, but he doesn't know the players. He yells and cheers, but nothing is really required of him. There's no sacrifice that he has to make. And the truth is, as excited as he seems, if the team he's cheering for starts to let him down and has a few off-seasons, his passion begins to quickly decrease. After several losing seasons, you can expect him to jump off the fan wagon and begin cheering for some other team. He's an enthusiastic admirer. You guys catch that? A fan is somebody that, that sits in the stands, that cheers on the team, that cheers on Jesus. It's like, man, yeah, Jesus. I'm all about some Jesus. I'll wear, a, I'll wear the shirts. I'll hang up the signs. I'm a fan of Jesus. And you know all about him. You know all his stats. You know where he's been. You know what Bible books he's mentioned in. You know what he says. You know the verses. You've quoted them over and over. But you don't really know him. You know all about him, but you don't really know him. You mistake. Okay, what a fan does is they mistake knowledge, knowing about Jesus, for intimacy having an actual relationship with Jesus. You know all about him. You grew up knowing about him. But you don't really know him. You don't really have a, a close relationship with him. You don't really understand what it means to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. That's what you can define a fan as. Are you a fan or are you a follower? A follower is a completely committed person to Jesus. One of the coolest phrases, I think, is fans want to be close enough to reap the benefits, but they don't want to be close enough that they have to sacrifice anything. Okay, having a relationship with Jesus means sacrificing. It means giving up of time, giving up of energy, giving up of friends, giving up of family sometimes, depending on the situation. An actual relationship with Jesus requires sacrifice, it requires commitment, it requires so much more than we tend to give. The biggest threat to the church today is fans who call themselves Christians but aren't actually interested in following Christ. I have a cousin, I want to tell you this story real quick, this is kind of a side story. I have a cousin, and uh, we'll call him Justin. I have, a, I have a cousin, and uh, he, uh, he grew up knowing all the right things. He, he grew up 
going to church. His parents were pretty faithful to taking him to church, and um, he grew up, you know, going to Sunday school, going to church. He even went to a Christian school, um, knew, knew all the right things to do, all the right things to say, um, knew about Jesus, knew who he was, um, and still does. I mean, he's only a year younger than me. He's still alive. He's, he, he, he has what you would, he, he thinks he has a relationship with God. But he, he, he doesn't sacrifice anything. He doesn't, he, he still lives his own selfish lifestyle. He tends to do what he wants to do instead of what God wants him to do. He makes it to church every now and then, but that's pretty much how he defines his Christianity. It's, it's kind of sad. Because I'll talk to him, and I'll, you know, I'll tell, him, tell him, you know, what Christ is doing in my life and hope that it, it's an influence to him. And trust me, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. But I'll tell him about what Christ is doing in my life and hope that, you know, God will allow some things to sink in. But he just, he knows about him. He knows all about Jesus. But he's in a place where he doesn't really know him. He's a fan. He's a fan. I want to lead you down to one passage. Okay? You, looked at, you can look at your own life. We've zeroed in on our own life. Okay? Don't forget about everybody else in the room right now. Focus on you. Don't talk to anybody else. Just focus on you. Zero in on your life and really look into your life and think, Am I a fan or am I a follower? Have I spent my life cheering on Jesus in the stadium on Sunday, but then throughout the week, I tend to leave him alone and, and let him be? I'm not really committed to following him. I just like to be associated with the, the fanship of him. I want you to think about that as I read this passage in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. You guys can look it up. I want you to think as you look, think about, am I a fan or am I a follower? In Matthew 7, 21, it says, and this is heavy, okay? This is, a, this is one of the most sobering passages, and that just means um, just sensible and, 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 and wise passages, okay? This really pops off your page, This makes you think a little bit. It's a little heavy. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me you workers of lawlessness. It's a pretty humbling passage, isn't it? You know, a lot of times people don't give you guys a lot of credit being just 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. You guys tend to be the low, low man on the totem pole for a lot of people. They think that you're not capable of doing a lot, but let, let me tell you something. You guys have, are very intelligent. I see you throughout the days at school. I see you on your sports teams. You guys have a lot of potential, a lot of ability that you don't even know you have. And I know that you can fully comprehend this passage when it says that not everybody who calls upon God's name will enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Did you catch that? It's not the one that, that claims to be or calls upon him, who cheers for him, but it's the one who sacrifices and does. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? They played the part. They went to the Bible studies. They did the right things. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. That's a scary thing to hear from Jesus. Listen, I'm not telling you that to scare you. Actually, I hope that through this whole series that you'll, you won't be, um, you won't come to a place where you just, you know, question your faith or question your salvation. I hope that this, this whole series will encourage you and convict you to move towards Christ. So the question tonight, to open this series, to, to intro it up, is are you a fan or are you a follower? Can you honestly assess your life and claim, are you a fan or are you a follower? This is what I want to do tonight. I have these really awesome wristbands. Um, and I told you guys, if you came tonight, that you would get one of these. But it comes with a catch. It comes with a catch. And I'll just be honest with you and be frank with you. That it's really easy, and it's really kind of biased, I guess, in a sense, that we, as Christians, tend to go ahead and say, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'll admit to you that I'm very easily the first one to say, oh, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. But I want you to zero in on your lifestyle. I want you to zero in on where you're at, the friends that you have, the school you go to, the family you have, the relationships you've made, the things that you do in your life that maybe you're involved in sin of some kind, maybe, you're, um, maybe you've just hurt a friend in some way, or whatever the case is, and maybe you need tonight to assess yourself, to assess your own life, and really get a feel and a grasp for where you're at in your relationship with Christ. And so tonight, I want to make you a challenge. If you're a follower of Christ, I want you to take upon the bracelet. Come up here and take a bracelet, and I want you to wear it. But I don't want you to wear it just to wear it. I want you to wear it with the understanding that you're a follower of Christ. You're not a fan, okay? People will tell you, why wouldn't you want to be a fan of Jesus because I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want you to really understand what your, what your lifestyle is committing to. And if you're a fan, I want you tonight to, to really assess yourself and you say, you know what, Brian, I've, I've kind of been living that life of a fan. I've kind of just been on the sidelines cheering and not really sacrificed or had to give up anything. So tonight, I want you to make tonight your night that you come clean with the Lord and just say, you know what, God, I've just been Pray to him and just say, you know what, I've, I've been a fan. I know you, I know who you are, but I've just been on the sideline, and I, I'm ready to get my hands dirty and sacrifice and, and make this thing work to be a follower of Christ. And then I want you to come up and take a bracelet. And maybe you don't know Christ tonight at all. Maybe you don't have a relationship with him whatsoever. And if that's the case, I plead with you tonight to make the first step, to come and talk to me to come to talk to one of the other leaders 
and give yourself an opportunity to really know who Christ is. We want to share with you. We want you to understand what he's done for you. And I really encourage you to take that first step. But for everybody else, we all have a responsibility tonight. And I hope that every one of you will take a bracelet tonight and commit to being a true follower of Christ and not a fan. Let's pray. Dear God, I just pray, that, Father, that you guys, that we would come to understand, Father, exactly what you want from us and want in a relationship with us. God, you sent your only son to come into this world, to shed blood, to die on the cross so that we may have life again. God, you paid the ultimate sacrifice for us so that we may now have a relationship with you and God, that we can sacrifice things in our lives to be a follower of Christ. God, I pray that you would stir our hearts. God, stir the hearts of these students. God, allow them to see exactly what you've called them to be and exactly what you've called them to do as part of a relationship with you. God, we love you. We thank you for our opportunity tonight for you to challenge us, to hit us right in between the teeth. God, sometimes the best thing for us is just to be kicked in the teeth. And God, I just I pray that you just continually kick us in the teeth so that we will continue to, to repent and to come back to you. God, we love you. We thank you for our time tonight. And I pray for the students now as they respond. In Jesus' name.